0: Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello friends and welcome back to Voice of the Church. My name is Pastor Cody and I'm here with you for the last time as we've going to conclude our short series in the opening chapters of Exodus. Today we're going to talk a little bit about how Moses goes to Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 5. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey him and let Israel go? And that same day Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and foremen in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the men, so that they keep working, and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the four men went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. and The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you for each day just as when you had straw. And the Israelite foremen appointed by Pharaoh's slave drivers were beaten and were asked, Why didn't you meet your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? And the Israelite foremen went and appealed to Pharaoh, Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet were told, Make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, Lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That's why you keep saying, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite men realized that they were in trouble when they were told, You're not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You've made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. My friends, have you ever felt like you were losing control, and nothing was going right? In dark times when a struggle or failure is overwhelming you, it can have an impact upon your faith life too. What am I doing wrong? Is the Lord angry with me? Am I being left to face the world all alone? And this is a terrifying mindset to find oneself in. It's one that can even cause us to think about asking the same thing Moses did. Why did you ever send me? But that's not where the Lord leaves us. He does not leave us in despair. Not any more than he left Moses in despair. Exodus 5 is one of the low points in Moses' work as a prophet of the Lord. That happens right at the very beginning of his work. We read with firm purpose: Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. And in an audience with the king, they gave the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel: Let my people go. It's a bold message. It's given by a prophet, unwavering in his purpose. He'd come from afar. He had the word of the Lord. He had the response of the elders. Now he had the audience of the king, and he speaks. But the word of Moses quickly felt to have no influence at all. Though his word was firm, Pharaoh dismisses it outright as nonsense. Who is the Lord? I do not know, and I will not obey. And it's even worse than a regular rejection. The situation deteriorates for the people of Israel by Pharaoh's decree and they become angry with Moses and Aaron for it. When they find out that Pharaoh increased their burdens because of Moses and Aaron, they say to them, The Lord look on you and judge, because you've made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants. Consider how Moses must have felt. It seems as though Moses has only made matters worse. He'd failed in his task to deliver Israel from Egypt. And now Pharaoh wasn't just acting out of fear, but also acting out of vengeance, inflicting further pain because of Moses. And rather than worshipping the Lord together with Moses, the Israelites are casting him out, calling on God to judge him. What a terrible start to his calling. And is this not how the people of God must constantly feel? How often does it not seem that that no matter what's said, it only gets worse? Doesn't it seem that whenever we maintain the word of God before others, it's reviled, it only brings further hatred upon the followers of Christ? Wouldn't it be better to simply say nothing at all? Our own strength only results in failure. Our word, like Moses, will not accomplish its goal by its own merits. Indeed, this passage did not involve only Moses and Aaron speaking, but a strong response that had a powerful result. For Pharaoh, that wicked king of Egypt, he spoke some words that had an impact. He brought about change in a terrible manner. He reacted very negatively to the word that Moses brought. For Pharaoh was not willing to let the people of Israel leave Egypt. That's made obvious by his rejection of so simple a request as a few days in the wilderness. This wasn't even a request to leave the land of Egypt, only to go for a few short days. And the Pharaoh wasn't willing to grant the people of Israel something like that, how much less likely was he to grant them leave for good? Pharaoh's rejection of this request shows his hardness of heart. And we see the cunning of fallen man and the handiwork of the devil at work here. Pharaoh played his cards in a way that turned the people of God against the prophet of God. By beating the four men of the people of Israel, he turned the leaders of Israel against Moses and Aaron so that they despised him. And the people of God, rather than being united together and seeking help from the Lord, turns on their own prophet and speaks harshly against him and so disheartening to see satan's attacks upon the people of god work from within moses was so discouraged by the event that had unfolded that he turned to the lord in despair his words had failed to convince pharaoh to let the people go pharaoh had responded with more than just a simple no he'd increased the torment of the people of israel Rather than blaming Pharaoh and the Egyptians, the Israelites blamed Moses for disturbing the peace. And overwhelmed, Moses turns in complaint to the Lord. But how does the Lord respond? What do we find at the beginning of the next chapter? Now you shall see. Now you shall see. With these words, the Lord reminds Moses who actually is sovereign, who actually is in control. The answer given by the king of kings is short and to the point. There's no reference whatsoever to what had just happened as a failure, but a word for the future. The Lord God Almighty, he would now demonstrate what real power is like that Moses had gone before Pharaoh with Aaron with a request, that Pharaoh had responded in petty revenge, that the circumstances of the Israelites seemed to deteriorate, all of this was the will of the Lord. Moses may have felt weak and helpless. Pharaoh may have felt strong and powerful, but neither mattered in the hands of a sovereign and almighty God. Now you shall see what I will do. These are powerful words for us to reckon with. They were words that were to teach Moses and the people of Israel that they would not be delivered from the hand of Pharaoh because Moses and Aaron were skilled with their words or impressive with their tricks. They wouldn't be allowed to leave Egypt because of Pharaoh's generosity, because of Pharaoh's goodwill. Only they would be delivered by a great and holy God who will bring them out with a strong hand. Now you shall see. And what have we seen the Lord do? Not only do we know what happened to Pharaoh and all his hosts, not only do we know that he delivered the people of Israel out from bondage to Egypt by a strong hand, we also know he's delivered his chosen people out of bondage to sin with a strong hand. For the same Lord God who is mighty to save Israel from Egypt is also mighty to save us from sin. As great as Moses' despair was at the oppression that Israel experienced, as victorious and unshakable as Pharaoh was upon his iron throne, as distant as salvation seemed to be for Israel, how much greater was the despair our Savior experienced upon the cross. How triumphant that great adversary the devil must have felt with the Son of God crucified under Pontius Pilate. All his disciples were scattered. The very crowds who had escorted him into Jerusalem shouting Hosanna, now clamoring, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! As Jesus hung on the cross. But what, my friends, was the word of the Lord on that day. It is finished. We do not need to wait and see what the Lord will do. We do not have Pharaoh looming over us or Pilate's soldiers dividing our Lord's clothes by lot. We're not in darkness and in bondage because of the word of the God, who is the strongest arm of all, declares, It is finished. We may look upon his handiwork, not only how he delivered Israel from Egypt, but especially how he's delivered us from sin. It is finished. This may give to us the confidence that we need to bring a gospel of salvation to the world. His word does not depend on how we present it or on how sinful people might respond. You shall see, what the Lord will do. Such incredible comfort for us in knowing that our own words may fall short, that our own voice may not bring about change, that our own words will not cause another to repent or unite the church or restore the country to Christian values. But it also means that the words of man will not maintain power over God's earth will not destroy his church, will not cause even one of his children to become enslaved to sin and lost to damnation. My friends, look to Christ Jesus and see what he will do. And this concludes our fifth and final devotion here in the opening chapters of Exodus. My name is Pastor Cody, and I thank you for listening to Voice of the Church. May the Lord be with you and bless you in all that you say, think, and do.